0: Our scripture passage today is from the prophet Joel. This is chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. Before we read this, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Good and wonderful Father, the giver of all good things in our life, Lord, we thank you for these gifts, and we thank you today for the word that you have given us, the word that dwells within us in our hearts and minds, and the word that you have written out Lord, in the pages of Scripture. But, Father, we know we cannot understand these things you have written to us unless the same Spirit that inspires them inspires us today. So, Father, I pray that you breathe that Spirit among us. Lord, that it would breathe into our hearts and into our minds, that we may hear, that we may read, and that we may understand. Lord, bless this holy reading of your holy Word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. This is from the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. Listen now to the word of the Lord. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On your sons and your daughters, they shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out Whom the Lord calls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, if you've ever had, um, ever had the great experience to have children... You'll remember that profound moment when you fully realized that you were going to be a mother or father. Now, it might not be the same moment that you realized that you were going to be a mother or father, but I'm talking about the moment when you realized that you were. It does that in life sometimes. We're told something and we know it in our minds, but we don't fully realize it. At least it was for me. I mean, experience with mothers might be a little bit different. I'm sure it is, because you've got the human being, you know, growing inside of you and everything. But for me, when I was told I was going to be a father, I didn't fully realize I was a father yet. Like when Liz told me that I was going to be a father, it didn't fully have the impact that I was going to be a dad. Even when we went to the, to the doctor and we heard the heartbeat for the first time. Remember when you do that, put that little belt on, you hear the heartbeat, sounds like a horse galloping. Even when I heard the heartbeat, I didn't realize yet. It didn't fully hit me. Even when we had the ultrasound and we could actually, you know, see in that weird black and white picture the baby, I still didn't realize. And I'm going to go as far as to say, even when our oldest child, Wiley, the moment he was born, and we saw him for the first time, even then, it didn't really hit me yet that I was a father. The profound moment for me when I finally realized I was a father, came a few days after while I was born, when the nurse walked us down to our car. They put the baby in, they shut the door, and then she like just left. And I was like, is that it? I mean, you're going to give me this human infant? You just put it in my car and say, here, take off, yeah. Here's this human being. Raise him up, try to do something good with him. We don't know, but he's yours now. Like, really? That's it? There's like no class. I don't have to get a license for this or something. You're just going to give me this child and let me drive off with it? I was thinking at the very least, at the very least, do you have an instruction manual? I mean, every kid should come with an instruction manual. And then you think about it. I mean, life should come with an instruction manual, shouldn't it? I mean, it's kind of unfair that God has put us here on life and he's not given us the detailed instructions that we need to carry along with us in order that we can live our life right. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but some a book like this that you can always carry with you and you can always refer to and to look up to see what we need to do in, in any situation that we're in. That'd be great, wouldn't it? If we had an instruction book like that. Now, what would it, what would it have? Don't you to think about that? What would you think it should have if we had an instruction book in, for life? What kind of things? We're a small group today. Go ahead and yell at if something you think of something. What should it be? Stop crying. Stop crying? <laughs> That's a good instruction. What? What else? You got think of anything? What would you put? What would you think needs to go in an instruction book for life? Pants first, then shoes. Pants first, then shoes. That's a good one. <laughs> if I was making an instruction book for life, I'm sorry I put you on the spot. I had time to think about this. You know, it'd put stuff in there like stay away from cigarettes. You don't need them cigarettes are no good think before you talk that might be the pants first then shoes too. There. think before something comes out of your mouth credit cards are a bad idea that's something to put in life's instruction book maybe never spend more money than you make or if someone offers you something for nothing it's a scam this is something that really needs to go in the instruction book if you're 17 and you're in love, right, and, and that relationship doesn't work out, just calm down. It's going to be okay. It's not as big of a deal as you think it is. But these are the things we should know. They should be an instruction book for us to know. Now, the funny thing about that is all those things that I told you need to go in our instruction book, somebody told me. Before I needed to know it, someone told me all of those things I just mentioned to you. What do you think I did with that advice? (laughs) I didn't listen. I didn't listen. You know why? Because I knew better. What did these adults know who had been living 40, 50, even 80 or 90 years? Come on. They didn't know anything. That was then. This is now. And I know better than them. And I wonder if maybe the reason why God doesn't give us an instruction manual is because He knows what we would do with that manual. What do you think we would do with it? I'm not talking about kids, I'm talking about adults too. What would we do with the manual if we came across the advice and we didn't like it? You know? All right, let me see. I want to move in with this girl I've only known two weeks. Here's God's manual for life. What should I do? Should I move in with this girl? I've only known in two weeks. Oh, it says definitely not with two exclamation points. <laughs> what does he know? We're in love. Of course you should move in with me. What, you want your mom to come too? Of course, what could go wrong? <laughs> Sounds like a great idea to me. Still, though, it seems unfair we don't have an instruction book. Just something. I don't know, anything to guide us. How come God doesn't give us a book like that? Any book would do, any little bit, you know? I don't know. Of course, I'm being a little sarcastic. God has given us an instruction book. It's not the instructions we always want. It's not always as detailed as we want these instructions to be. But in defense of God's instruction book, the things he does tell us, and well, we tend to ignore them. We tend to ignore them because, well, we know better. When Jesus walked the earth, he told us, there's only two instructions you need. That's it. Two instructions that you need to know. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Said so that's all you need to know. All of God's instructions are in those two little instructions. Love God and love your neighbor. But do we listen? Nope, because we know better. Paul tells us that when God created the world, he had the instructions already there. He says, in nature, within our reason, within our conscience, ourselves, we have the instructions that we need to live life. And the earliest people had the instructions already written in the fabric of nature and in their conscience. But they didn't listen. Why? Why? they knew better so God sent Moses and he gave him the law and he wrote the instructions out he was very explicit these are the right things to do these are the wrong things to do and if you do the wrong things bad things will happen to you if you do the right things you'll be blessed did they listen no why because they knew better so God sent prophets he sent people that he spoke his word to, to remind Israel, these are the things you need to do. These are the instructions for God. Did they listen? Of course not, because they knew better. So God sent Jesus, sent his only son to remind us of how we should live our lives, to live and to die for our sakes. He gave him the apostles, and the apostles wrote down more instructions from us for us. And then it was all compiled into one big book with the hopes that maybe if I compile all these instructions into a book that happens to be, well, the best-selling book of all time, maybe, maybe they'll get it. And sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't listen because we know better. This summer, what I want to do is look at some of these men who helped write the instruction book of God. And we call them the minor prophets. It only takes up a little tiny section of the Bible. And like I said, they're called minor prophets. And you might be wondering why are they called minor prophets? Well, because they wrote little books and not great big books like Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah. And that's really the only reason they're called minor. But because they're minor, and because their books are small, we we tend to overlook them. And we tend to skip over them and just get to the major prophets. But in skipping over them, we've we've missed some really good advice, some really good instruction that God has given us. I mean, when's the last time you've heard a sermon being preached on Habakkuk or Nahum or Obadiah? I said They're minor prophets. Some, Some of them only take up one chapter in the Bible. They can be read real quickly, but in skipping them, we've missed out on some great instruction from God. See, these prophets are very special people. These, especially these minor prophets here are men, and they are all men, as far as we know. Men to whom God spoke. God spoke to them. They heard the voice of God, and they went out and they delivered the message that God gave them. And, and these minor prophets are a little bit different than regular prophets, because they are a class that we call the writing prophets. And as you can guess for their name. They weren't prophets who just heard the voice of God. They actually wrote down what God told them. See, so there were a lot of prophets operating, well, not say a lot, but they were more than today, operating in Israel, but not all of them wrote their prophecies down. But these men wrote these prophecies down, and we still have them today in the Bible. And this is as close as you're going to get as instruction to instructions from God as close as we are going to get to receiving direct instructions from God so the takeaway on that is pay attention this is God speaking to us now there are a lot of uh, misconceptions about who a prophet is and what a prophet does and when we hear the word prophet we tend to think it's somebody who predicts the future Right, that's what someone who's when they're being prophetic, they're they're predicting the future. And and sometimes prophets do predict the future. And we see that even in in the books of the Bible, the the prophets that wrote in the Bible, but that's not really what makes a prophet a prophet. What makes a person a prophet is that he has been instructed and spoken to by God to deliver a message to a people. That is what it makes a prophet, is prophets, are are men or women too, who have received messages from God to deliver to God's people. And sometimes to people that are outside of God's people. But they're the messengers of God, those to whom God has spoken, and they come and they deliver a message. And God has sent prophets all throughout history for different reasons and for different times. Probably the, the most renowned prophet is Moses. And God sent Moses to deliver his people from Egypt. And he sent Moses to to hear the words of the law and to speak the law and to write it down and to give it to Israel and to to help make this covenant between God and his people. A little bit later during the uh, kingship period, God sent another prophet, a guy named Nathan. And he sent him to King David. And he had one purpose for Nathan. Go accuse King David of adultery and murder. And that was the job of of the prophet Nathan. Another famous prophet, Elijah. He was another another prophet sent. He was sent to King Ahab and to Israel at that time to warn them about all the ways that they were worshiping the wrong kinds of gods. So you have prophets that show up doing different things at different times, different messages to a different set of people. But it's all the voice of God. And it's all instruction from the Lord. Now, these prophets that we're going to look at this summer, these minor prophets, if you go through their message, what we find is a mixture of complaints that God has against Israel and a revealing of His plans for Israel and the world, sometimes in the near future, sometimes in the very distant future. But God inspired these prophets to write their words down for a reason. And because they're written down, they're words that come to us too. Now, some of these prophets, I'm going to tell you, wrote a very long time ago, sometimes as far back as, as 900 B.C. So we're talking about 3,000 years has passed between us and the time that these prophets wrote. And some of you, when hearing that 3,000 years, you're like, wow, that's, uh, that's a long time ago. Are you sure the things that they wrote way back then are still pertinent to our lives today? I mean, a lot has changed. A lot has changed in this world. I don't know how what someone said 3,000 years ago can apply to our life today. And, and people often try to dismiss the whole Bible for that same very reason. It was written long ago. A bunch of old white men wrote that. Life has changed now. We've become more advanced. We don't really need to listen to that now. That's just another way where we don't listen. That's just another way of saying, we know better today. We know more than those old people so, so long ago. But if we listen, if we listen closely, I think we'll find that everything these prophets said applies very much to us today. And if we listen to that message, we find out that in 3,000 years, Things really haven't changed all that much, at least not in human nature. To make the point, let me give you some of the major points that these minor prophets make. And you you decide whether or not this message still applies to us today. Okay, One of the major messages these prophets had was to remind people to follow the law of God. The big complaint is, I've taught you what is right, but you're doing wrong now. I've taught you what is good, but you are doing what is evil. I've taught you the good, right, moral way to go, but now you're choosing what's immoral. Think it might work for us today? I think we're pretty close on that one. Another thing the prophets often said was you've abandoned the worship of the true God. That you're not giving God what God is due. You're not coming into His house to worship anymore. You're serving other gods. You've got other interests. In other words, you're not coming to church enough, and you're doing other things besides worshiping God. I think we're pretty close on that one, too. How about, let me hit you up with this one. This is a major complaint of the prophets. The rich people are getting away with committing crimes. Yeah, that's not us, is it? That is so 3,000 years ago. We don't do that anymore. Rich people are getting away with the crimes. The poor people are not getting justice. The weak are being exploited. The powerful are being dishonest. And how's this for an ancient problem? The government's not doing their job. That's one of the biggest complaints God had. The government is not doing their job. Instead, they're making themselves and their friends rich and powerful at the expense of the common man. And in all this, to the prophets, God is asking His people, turn back to me. Come back to me. Remember your Lord. Remember the one who loves you. Live as I taught you to live. You know, if I didn't know better, if I didn't know better, I would think these prophets were written specifically for us. And then we find in these prophecies, hidden among them, prophecies of Jesus predictions of the coming messiah that they spring up randomly in the middle of these books kind of like without warning it's almost like a secret that can't wait to get out like god was given these prophecies and he was just i'm so excited about what i'm going to be doing through christ i'm going to give you little hints here and there that i'm going to pepper out through the prophecies and then we have prophecies about the kingdom being fulfilled an era of peace and prosperity and goodness where god will dwell with us A promise to help us endure with hope the hardships of life. And if we listen very carefully, if we listen very carefully, we hear the greatest lesson of all. And even 3,000 years ago with the words of these ancient prophets, we hear the promise of grace. We hear the promise of God giving His grace, the the forgiveness of sins, the, the universal love God has for all His creatures. What better lesson for us to hear for people that are so terrible taking instruction than in the lesson of grace? Now, our biggest problem is not that we don't have instruction. Our problem is we don't listen. I'm not talking about just the kids or even the teenagers. In fact, when it comes to God's instruction, the kids are a lot better than listening than the adults are. It's a kid problem and an adult problem. I'm not talking about this being an ancient problem. This is a modern problem. Not listening to God's instruction wasn't a problem just for the early Israelites. It's a problem for 2022 living Americans. We don't listen. How do you solve that problem? God solves it through grace. Grace. So why is it, you think, we have such a hard time listening? Why is it? Why, why do we have a hard, such a hard time listening and receiving God's instruction? Now, being a father, I've had the benefit of seeing my children not listen to me and my children not taking my instruction. And I know why they don't do it. The reason they don't do it is because they think they're grown up. I wonder if maybe that might be our problem too. Even as adults, maybe we think we're all grown up and we don't need instruction anymore. Now, I don't know about you, but I know I'm not all grown up. In fact, the older I get, the more I realize how not grown up I am. In fact, the older I get, if I'm the grown-up in the room, well, heaven help us, we are in trouble. If I, Really? I'm the grown-up? The fact is, is I don't have the answers. Most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing. In fact, most of the time, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just kind of winging it, you know. Should I get a job? I guess so. It sounds like a good idea. I'll just do that. I think maybe sometimes the biggest lesson that we have to learn in life is that we're not grown up. That we're not as grown up as we think we are. The biggest and greatest lesson we can learn is that we're still children. That We are still dependent on our Heavenly Father and we're always going to be dependent on Him. And that's not so bad really. Jesus did say that you have to become like children if you want to enter the kingdom of God. And part of becoming like children is realizing that we're children. I think that's one of the biggest lessons God teaches us in all of His instruction is the simple lesson that we are still just His children. And we will always just be His children no matter how old we get, no matter how responsible we become, no matter how much wisdom we acquire. We will always need Him. We will always need His instruction. And that is the great lesson of life. At least that's the great lesson that I've learned from the profound moments of life. Moments like that time the door closes... And you're left alone with this infant human and you realize and it hits you hard i need help there's no way that i can do this on my own it's only when we realize that only when we realize how absolutely and utterly dependent we are on our heavenly father then and only then Are we ready to hear the voice of God? To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.